It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody, and good afternoon. It is Go Birds Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP 888-729-9494, pound 9494 in your Verizon and the AT&T cell phones. I'm John Barton along with James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, who should be in Green Bay right now. I should. I but he's thought here I would us. be here today. I mean, I was driving in today and thinking, last time we did this show, we were all sitting here just so confident they were going to beat the Seahawks. Yeah. And hey, if it weren't for Jadevian Clowney, we would have been right. <laughs> or... Yeah. I'd be I'd be a fly to Green Bay today, mm-hmm. or possibly if uh, if McCown's hamstring was not completely torn off his bone, as we learned uh, this week, which has been a uh, I got to tell you guys, it has been a, an enormous fire hose of information over the last four and a half days. Like I even forgot that there was potential. I was like, oh yeah, Jason Kelsey said he was going to talk, and then you never did, and then you kind of get scared that he might retire. And uh, we're learning today that Jadavion Clowney, as you said there. Uh, and we've been talking about this all week. It's not going to get fined, not going to get suspended, really not going to be uh, have anything uh, done to him. And, and meanwhile, there's uh, really random blindside blocks that are still getting fined like twenty eight thousand dollars for uh, uh, back. I think that was from the Buffalo game that I just saw. So, I, is there anything? Let me ask you, James. Is there going to be anything that would have made any of us happy about the the clowny thing? Because even if there's a fine or a flag or whatever, I don't think we'll be. Happy about well, it. No, look, of course Except not. For time. It's time one of those, wounds, look, but. even if they had flagged it in the moment, like, we would have been like, good, yay, I got a flag. But once you still out of the game, they still lose. It, it doesn't change the outcome of the game. It's more just a pound of flesh that is, is just and right. It's about being righteous and the right thing being done. So I understand why, uh, you know, most of us are upset about it still, how we haven't gotten over it. But, no, look, I don't think... He should have been fined. I could argue he should be suspended with that hit. Oh, absolutely. But, but regardless, at you know, everyone feels differently about it. 
But regardless, I think just the fact that it's nothing just kind of just fuels the anger even more. But ultimately, look, the, the fact that he got knocked out is the issue, not the repercussions to Clowney of that. Yeah, it, it's just frustrating. I mean, after the game, we recorded our postgame pod. It just, it sucks. It really sucks that that's how that game ended up playing out. I mean, I was excited to see how Carson would play in his first playoff game, for better or worse. I was just excited for that moment, to finally get it after, you know, four, four full seasons. And for it to play out that way really did suck. In terms of him being fined, I'm not surprised he wasn't fined. I think that the, I don't want to say, like, he should have been flagged. No question about it. But I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't think it was a malicious no. hit. Yeah, neither do um, I. I just think it's part of the game. And I, I think that when I talked to players in the Eagles locker room, that was kind of their vibe on it as well. Like, it really sucks that that happened. It sucks Carson got hurt. Uh, it should have been a flagged hit. I don't think it was dirty. So, ultimately, I'm I'm not surprised he wasn't. Flagged. I think it was dirty, but, I mean, to each their own. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if dirty means intentional. Well, uh, I thought Rodney McLeod, thought it dirty, Rodney but it McLeod put it really well on the midday show on Monday. He said he thought Clowney was trying to send a message. Not that he was yep. trying to hurt one train like that, but he was trying to send a message. And yeah, he knew what he was that's, doing. That Im- implies to me intent. And if there's any sort of intent there, I just that's dirty football to me. Uh, the way the game is now, like uh, it, even forgetting the quarterback part of it or whatever, just like you guys are out there playing this this sport where we're talking about with concussions and all that, like real long-term life ramifications, it's the kind of stuff where this sport is already dangerous enough. There are already enough opportunities for these guys to head, heads to get banged into oblivion. Like, you don't need to go the extra mile for it. That That's the way but I look I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think he went the extra right, mile. we disagree on yeah, that. Yeah, we disagree on that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we yeah. can still be friends though if you want. <laughs> oh, man, I'm thinking about it. Right, we'll we'll save that for the break. Okay, yeah, friends are friends are still out. Uh, yeah, and then you know we went from kind of everything everything sucking in that moment, and what is this re- reflecting on the season? I thought everybody was feeling pretty good for the most part, but I think this the the past two press conferences, uh, and then along with Angelo Cataldi, you know, uh, chatting with Doug Peterson earlier this week. There's now this. Opened Pandora's box of like, hey, is Jeffrey Lurie too involved here? And is this the direction that the Eagles should be going in the offseason? A lot of chatter all about that. And I honestly don't think this is anything different than what we've seen out of any other different NFL owner. So however it goes down, and you guys have had the theory for a very long time, and it still holds true, that Doug really can't tell a lie. And I don't think he lied at the press conference. I just think he blurted it out, understood, and somebody got his ear, backtracked it at the end, uh, and then, you know, he meets with Jeffrey Lurie, and then everyone jumps to conclusions. Oh, wow, Doug Peterson doesn't even have control of his own staff, and uh, Jeffrey Lurie's uh, the the judge and jury and and all this and on and on and on here. But I, I don't have an issue if one, uh, to what extent Jeffrey Lurie is actually involved in day-to-day processes here. Like, I don't think he should be a part of the front office and being a part of the scouting department hanging out. But if you don't want your owner making executive decisions, I think we have a warped reality of what sports actually are because there isn't one owner in sports right now that isn't involved in decision-making. And if an owner feels like he needs to get rid of the two offensive guys that are trying to help you go win uh, a playoff game uh, to create the new norm, make sure your franchise quarterback continues on to this MVP level that they all expect, then you've got to make that executive decision. And you've I, got to override the coach and you've got to override anybody else. You're, you are the true buck that stops. I, I completely disagree. I mean, Doug Peterson, of Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, who do you trust the most to make a decision about the football staff? Of those three guys, 
of of all those guys? Uh, no, of Howie, Doug, of yeah, Howie, Doug, and Jeffrey Laurie. Who do you trust the most to make a football decision? Um, we talking about personnel? We're we talking about I'm talking actual about, yeah, football. The, I'm, talk, I'm talking about like the the offensive on the coordinator. Field? No, of, off the staff. Doug, of course. Okay, so there you go. So Doug should be making this decision. Period. Like I get Jeffrey Laurie as the owner, and as the owner, he's got tons of money. He deserves to do whatever he wants. I'm just saying, I don't think the way to win and the way to have this team get out of the funk they've been in, they're 19 and 16 over the last two years. They've made the playoffs miraculously twice at the end of the season. Like, they're in a funk right now. And I think that if, uh, if they're going to get out of it, it can't be the same operating procedure it has been. Doug Peterson has earned the right to make this decision. I don't want Howie or Jeffrey involved at all in this new offensive coordinator. I want Doug So you thought it was pick. a good thing that Grow was going to come back, essentially? If that's what Doug wants, And yes. Carson Walsh, you yes. thought that was a good thing based on all the development questions that we had, the fact that Carson somehow looked better without his top-tier talent on there. Like That's where I, I look at this. And, James, you've said, too, for a, pretty much the entire season, where's the creativity, fresh new ideas, all this, all this. I don't think you could have done this again. And if Doug wanted to bring those guys back and Jeffrey's sitting there like, guys, no, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm well, fine with that. I'm torn on this because I'm happy that Mike Grow and Carson Walter are gone. As you kind of alluded to, I've been talking about it for a while. I don't know what they brought. And again, I know we're not in the room with those guys. We don't see everything. But I think the offense has lacked creativity, it has lacked things at times. And I think Doug got it together towards the end of the season. But it doesn't mean that just because this is the right decision – that I want Jeffrey Lurie intimately involved in these decisions. It's a very slippery slope with this type of stuff. When I look at it and I think of all the owners in sports who are overly involved in their teams, there are very few, if any, where you say, oh, that's a good thing. You know, generally, the vast majority of the times, it's a problem. And the other thing is that just because this was the right decision, we don't know what other decisions Jeffrey Lurie is involved in. That's you true know, what too. if there are other decisions that have been made that are horrendous decisions that it was Jeffrey Lurie who wanted that to happen? So I think it is, again, I know that, look, Jeffrey Lurie has made some good decisions. Uh, keeping Filippo from going to the Jets, that was great. That helped lead to a Huge Super decision. Bowl and, yeah. and partially. And, and, you know, the idea to go up and get a quarterback like Carson Wentz, like, yes, good decisions, all this stuff. But I just think it's a very slippery slope when your owner is involved, especially when we're talking about position coaches and stuff. That's... That's t- I want an owner to hire smart people and let smart people do smart things. And the other thing that I think Doug has really taught us in terms of why this team, despite a lot of injuries and all those things, it's kind of worked is because of the, the atmosphere Doug built down there, right? If Doug, I think Doug personally, over the last month of the season, made a conscious effort to really compliment Grow and Carson Walsh. I think he was very aware of the criticism they were getting. and I think he was very clear to say, like, I think Grow's doing a good job. I think Walsh is doing a good job. He said flat out they were coming back, and then the next day they were fired. I choose to believe Doug did not lie, so I will take him at his word that when he did that press conference, he thought they were coming back, right? And, and that might be true, but Chris Mortensen back in December 2nd had been telling us the same thing. Uh, hey, unless there's uh, incredible an incredible run here, there's going to be significant changes made to the coaching staff. We hear from Jeff McLean uh, not a couple of days ago. Also saying the same thing. He was, if I remember correctly, he said he believed this was Lurie's decision. Correct. I don't want to, yeah, he and, did. that's what he said. But I'm just linking those two things together. And Chris Mortensen even come out and, and saying, "I haven't heard anything back from Howie Roseman yet." We can pretty much uh, uh, be assured of who's making that decision. And it's Lurie. And it's Jeffrey Lurie. And, and, and I guess to to James' point, like we can debate the decision. To me, this is more about 
how did they get there? The process of getting to that decision, right? And I don't want Jeffrey Lurie making these football decisions. Like, when you're talking about an owner being involved in, like, hiring a head coach, clearly. A general manager, yes. Giving a quarterback $126 million, yes. The wide receiver coach, like, that's too far. The offensive coordinator, when you have an offensive head coach, that's too far. I want Doug to have control over who he works with. Because guess what? If they hire this offensive coordinator, and when I say they, I mean Howie and Lurie, and I think Doug will be involved, but Doug is going to work with this guy. When we talked about why Frank Reich worked, and I know he didn't hire Frank, but they had a good relationship, right? They were able to bounce ideas off each other. I want Doug making this decision because, frankly, Doug has earned it. He has been the best of those three over the last four years, period, point blank. He has done the best job out of Jeffrey, Howie, and then obviously him. So he has earned the right to make that decision. Okay, do you think that Bill Belichick has pretty much earned the right to do anything that he wants in this league? Obviously. Okay. Did he win the fight on trying to trade Tom Brady, or did the owner win the fight well, on trying to trade Tom Brady? Well, let me ask you this. How did that decision situation. work out? Uh, not well for Bill Belichick, and it was good that Robert Kraft intervened because they went and won another Super Bowl yes, because but, of it. But who do you and think you they would to... rather have right now, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, I, I, I don't think they would have mattered as long as the Super Bowl was won. One Super Bowl after that. And I'm not diminishing that. Obviously, it's a big accomplishment. But I my, think if it were up to Bill Belichick, Jimmy Garoppolo would be on the Patriots. Jimmy, yes. And Jimmy Garoppolo is in the playoffs. He's a big reason why San Francisco is in the playoffs, even though everybody's looking at the defense and whatever. It's another so thing to we'll me, get that's to. a prime example of an owner stepping in and hurting the football team. Why did it hurt the football team? They won another Super Bowl. Yes, I, I, I get it, that. It said, but... I don't care what you guys want to do. And who knows if... Does Jimmy Garoppolo win multiple, you know, Super Bowls with with Bill Belichick? We don't know, but we're we're damn sure that's what he wanted to do. And now you're getting to an off season where that's going to happen anyway. But the owner had to step in and guys and said, "There's more juice in here for you. I'm going to take care of it." Doug is in going into year five of his head coaching regime. I, I think that Jeffrey has made great decisions. He, I would even say, he held on to Andy too long for another year. That was done out of respect. He jumped in right when, you know, there was it was untainable on how Chip and him were going to work out and how it was going to work out and so on and so on and so on. So even if he is involved, and let's just say it's to the extent of checking Howie and his head coach, I'm fine with that. Why are we so obsessed with coaches need to have more power in this league when that's what but, leads to their demise every single time they get but fired? But you're, you're, you're taking it from like a 32-team perspective, right? And I think each situation is unique. We're talking about the Eagles' perspective, the Eagles' situation right now. And Doug, in four years, I mean, when they won that Super Bowl, and I think Jeffrey Lurie is one of the best owners in the sport. So I'm not, this isn't like saying he's doing a bad job. Right. And I think Howie had, the lot, had a lot to do with that Super Bowl when they won it, obviously. A lot of the moves he made worked out. Bottom line is this. Before Doug got here, this team never won a Super Bowl, right? So Doug has clearly come in and changed things. He's been a great head coach over the last three years. I think it was Ross Tucker, probably on with you guys, that said if there was an NFL head coach of the year for the last three years, it would be Doug because of the job he's done. So when you talk about giving a head coach more power, yeah, when you hire a guy off the bat, I don't like that decision, right? But Doug has earned it, and especially when we're talking about his staff. Like, his staff he works with every day. He's one of the best offensive head coaches in the league. Why should he not be trusted to make these decisions? If he wanted Groh and Carson Walsh back, they should be back, period. I, I don't think so, for the exact same reasons. No one wanted him here. Without... But you're saying nobody wanted him here. What, what if Doug wanted him here? It's too, too bad. What if Carson Wentz doesn't want them there? And, and what, if, what if Jeffrey Lurie is listening to everybody and Doug is making sure that he's protecting his guys at all times? Because he's already addressed that to us. 
There has to be other, like, people in the locker room, I'm sure that there are, every single wide receiver is like, yeah, get us somebody with experience. It was better here and grow as the wide receivers coach. Please somebody find somebody like that. Uh, and I'm sure Carson has said this. I'm sure more people on the offensive, Stoutland, all these other different guys that work with them day in and day out, it's not just Doug's decision. There's multiple guys there. If it's a collaborative effort, which this team has addressed itself as being from coaching staff to front office, then it has to have checks and balances all the way up, and that's simply all this is. Yeah, but I I don't think it's collaborative is my point. I I think that this was a decision made by Jeffrey and Howie, and maybe predominantly Jeffrey. I don't think after how Doug, from what I've known of Doug for four years, he is honest at the podium to a fault, right? And over the last month, his concerted effort to compliment Carson Walsh, to compliment Mike Groh, and then to say they were back, and then all of a sudden they're fired, like, it just does not seem to me like this is a decision Doug made, and it's a decision Doug should make. 888-729-9494. Do you have any issues of, one, how this was handled, or more importantly, do you have an issue of Jeffrey Lord being too involved? It's, as Elliot's kind of putting it, and when you put it like that, it is kind of silly to even have control over who you hire over your wide receivers coach. We go over to our good friend Tom in Abington. Tom, what's going on, buddy? You're on Go Birds Radio. How we doing today? Good, man. It's a subdued oh, intro. Man. Yeah, subdued Tom. Tom. Well, yeah, I, I got a favor to ask of you at the end there, John, but I got to tell you, I, I entered this weekend with a bout of depression over feeling robbed that I don't get my Eagles-Packers match up tomorrow. But that depression quickly turned to outrage last night as the NFL, not finding lowlifes, decided to not levy a fine on Clowney. I understand it wouldn't have changed anything, but it would have at least validated my feeling that that was a cheap-ass, dirty-ass play. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Sure, I think that's fair, Tom. Validated feelings, you know, they do matter. Yeah, it's on. I, I don't know. It just boggles my mind. Now, I will say, I'm I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of the way they finished up the season. I'm proud of the Broncos shutting up most of his detractors <laughs> with their ridiculous arguments. Um, is that good? Yeah. Enough? Okay. All right. Now that yeah, the biggest shame of this whole thing is now we have to turn our undivided attention to the mess that is the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, Tom, it's been a mess for a very long time, so that's yeah, that's our own now, fault. To, to speak to your point on on uh, the order of who gets hired, who gets fired, who has input, you guys got to remember. I mean, when when Dougie P first came in. I mean, it started off this way. Uh, Jim Schwartz was in place before him. Mm-hmm. Right. So that kind of set the precedent right there, right? A little bit, but uh, but not the only one. And I'm sure he was still consulted on the guys that are coming in uh, here. I, mean, I don't think so. Not I, at all? You <laughs> just didn't talk to him at, at all? First, like, this? like, originally, I, I don't I, think I so. I would imagine it was consulted in the way, like, hey, guess what? We're hiring Jim Schwartz. And he was like, great, awesome. Yeah. Like, that, well, I just meant that. for everybody else, like Reich and for Filippo and those guys. You I don't think he didn't say it all. I, I, I think at that, Howie... at that point, Doug was just happy he was getting a head coaching job. I think he would have rolled with whatever. Well, I got to tell you, I really don't have an issue of how they get to where they get as long as they make the right moves. And to James's point, I mean, this is absolutely the right move for action, both of those guys. Well, Tom, can I ask you something? I was going to ask James this, but you know more about football. So, That's not right, James. So Carson Walsh, right? Are, uh-huh. Is he being fired just because the public decided not to like him? Like, what? 
what did he do exactly? Their top three receivers basically missed all this all the se- uh, of the season. Greg Ward ended up being way better than we thought. Is this really just because J.J. Arcega-Whiteside had a disappointing year? Like, wh- well, I think when you take a look at the the breakdowns that have been out there of of receivers running routes that you've really never seen receivers run before. They were lost. They were bumping into each other. You know what I mean? I, he was just terrible. Maybe. I, I just think that now five receivers coaches, one that once they hire the new guy, five receivers coaches in five years, like, I just wonder if they're being a little unrealistic of what these coaches can come in and do in such a short time frame. Like, maybe Carson Walsh is not a good head coach. That could, de- I mean, sorry, good receivers coach. Yeah. That could definitely be it. But I didn't see such egregious things this season to think that he didn't deserve a chance to at least, like, get another shot. I just, I was a little surprised. I wasn't surprised because I think Jeffrey Laurie made it because of public perception. But I, uh, I, not sure I completely agree with it. 888-729-9494. Do you have an issue with the way that the power structure is apparently, I guess, set up here and with Jeffrey Laurie getting involved in the decision-making as he has with the coaching staff? I personally don't have an issue with it. I feel like there are a lot that uh, as long as you know things are cruising right along, everything will be fine. But when we get back, I'll just keep dunking on James and Elliot because there is a couple more examples of why this is actually a good thing. 888-729-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. John Barger, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, all right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, gentlemen, I remember a time where we looked at Andy Reid and we said, man, just fell off the rails when it came to the Dream Team stuff and got too much power and fought fought with Joe Banner and on and on and on. It's like the demise of every head coach in the league is is when they are given power. I mean, Chip Kelly, the same thing. I know it was different circumstances, but... There's also uh, a difference between personnel power and yeah, picking your own coaching and picking staff. your wide receiver coach. Yeah, which I don't think they did with Andy to begin with there, too. And there was like, you know, I, it took him a pretty long time, I, I think, to get and, and understand. Like, he didn't have his entire staff picked up uh, by himself when he first started here, either. I think there are right, some obvious marriages. Right, but he also did a Super Bowl in his second year. I, know, I mean, but how many Super Bowl away? winning coaches don't get to pick their staff? How many do you think? Because uh, I would say zero. But why do you think? Uh, that's my other issue. Why do you think he doesn't get to pick the staff? Well, what evidence do you have that he does? Because uh, he hired Mike Groh and he hired Carson Walsh, more than likely. Well, Groh is a Walsh guy. But, yeah, I mean, there's that. But overall, like, do you think he made this decision to fire Mike Groh? I do not. Not, no, no, go. I don't. I, and, and, even, it, right? and, even, and even said, but but that doesn't mean he can't hire the next person. Why would they force him to fire someone and then let him choose the next person? Because he probably would also fought are... for their jobs for two years after, like, hey, we got to move on from, we got to find somebody else. This, is, this isn't great. Like, Carson's going backwards. No, 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 everything's going to be fine. And then you're right at this point again. If Peterson wanted Grow and Walsh back and he was not allowed to do that, that's not picking your staff. Why isn't that picking your staff? You just don't have final say. Guys he would stays. pick. That's the point. He would pick Grow and Walsh. Well, you can't pick the same guys that are doing a bad job. But, so well, that's well, the well, point of curious, having the like, checks and balances. Why do you think they're doing a bad job? Just well, what, what makes you think that? Because uh, the owner fired them. Okay, but right, <laughs> and and we collectively all agree that they need to find a better, stronger staff behind Doug Peterson. That's all we've said pretty much for. The entire season. Well, so I think they need some fresh ideas, and I know that's something you want to talk about. But, yeah. like, 
like, so Grow at the beginning of the year when the offense was struggling got all the, the blame, right? It was they need Frank Reich back, they miss Reich, they, they miss Steve Filippo. Yeah. And then when the offense turned around, it was pretty good the last six weeks of the season. That was just all Doug. Like, Grow deserves no credit for that. So it's like, I, I don't get, if you're going to be down on Grow, then shouldn't you be down on Doug as well? Uh, why he does it grow- because, because Doug. Has I mean, way a little. More- yeah, I mean, he didn't do his job. He didn't. He didn't have as great of his year as we all thought it was was going to happen. There's obvious reasons of why he didn't. I I just think from like the outside looking in, it just it's so easy to blame Grow because he's not Doug or Carson. But Doug and Carson have way more to do with how good this offense is than Grow does. And if Peterson is comfortable with Grow and wanted him back, then he should have been back. Like I don't think he was doing such an egregiously bad job from what I know that that he'd had to leave. And I think the same about Carson Walsh. Like, Doug should get to pick who he has. And he was very complimentary of them. He clearly seemed to like them. And so for Lurie, it's what we all think and has been reported, to step in and kind of just be like, nope, I, I think that's a recipe for disaster. 888-729-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. I'm John Barton along with Elijah Parks. Of course, James Seltzer. We turn our attention to our good friend Justin down in Tennessee. And Justin, thanks for shouting us out on the Midday Show, man. I what appreciate up, buddy? that. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hope all y'all are feeling better and uh, whatever it was that uh, Barcher had. That between, bug dude, or whatever. Between, just yeah. between. Maybe, uh, maybe Elliot doesn't get that. Seems like <laughs> I think he has had a run of bad luck, man. Yeah, amen. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let me get right to it. This is my thought. Uh, I'm kind of leaning more toward what John said. Maybe after Reich and Flip left, uh, inspected. Uh, right left unexpectedly as well after McDaniels pretty much screwed us by backing out of the indie job. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they just wanted to promote Grow and the other guys from within because it was kind of a little late in the process and Doug felt comfortable with that. Then we struggled. <clears throat> so maybe maybe Lurie told them, hey, you know, we struggled a little bit this year. Carson didn't look as great. We know he's coming off injury, but, you know, they're going to have to step it up. And if they don't, you know, hey, Something's going to have to happen. And then there was the big struggle. And we all heard Mort say there's going to be major changes if something doesn't happen. Maybe that's what what happened. But also, we also remember the article. I forget the guy that wrote it talking about how much input Schwartz has with the defensive players. And we seen the mistakes that were made. Ronald Darby picking Zach Brown over Jamie Collins. Uh, there was, there's another one that comes to mind uh, it, where it's escaping my mind. But yeah, I think know, it had to, uh, Schwartz has not made good choices in picking his players, so maybe some of that ought to be reined well, in as well, guys. Well, let me say this, though, about Schwartz. I would agree with those individual decisions, but overall the defense has been very good with Jim Schwartz here. So you can nitpick certain ones. Zach Brown obviously didn't work out. I've never thought Ronald Darby was that good. But the defense still only allowed, I think, over 30 points three times this year, and the majority majority of time kept the team the teams they faced in the team. So ultimately it still worked. And I would just say this, that if you don't want Doug making the decisions, then you just don't believe in Doug. Like, well, I, I'm not saying let him make the decisions, but that, maybe there was just, I mean, if, if Carson wanted those guys to be there as well, I think they would be there. That's my opinion. If Doug and Carson both were pounding the table, I agree, those Justin. guys would be there. And maybe they're, they've already got something in line. I don't know. But those are just my thoughts. And one more thing, and I'll get off here. Hope you guys have a good day. Cause you too, it's a Justin. beautiful day here in East Tennessee. 75 <laughs> degrees, guys. Oh, but my anyway, gosh. Anyway, they need to look at speed 
and secondary help in this draft. Yep. Safety corner, wide receiver, maybe, you know, a backup lineman. But, hey, y'all have a good day, and everybody, hope y'all stay well. You too, Justin. Go Birds, as always. Uh, 888-729-9494. But you keep saying this. Like, uh, is uh, Mike Tomlin's a Super Bowl-winning head coach, right? Does not pick his own staff. Do you know he doesn't pick his own staff? I, I mean, it's re- reportedly, yes. You know, like, I, that's, that's... I don't think that's true. Or I, has, mean, I, I think there are... Do, is, does, is Mike McCarthy worthy enough of picking his own well, staff? Right, let me ask you. And, it and looks on. like he yes. is picking his and own Mike staff. Mike McCarthy is worthy, Okay, yes. then why is, why is Kellen Moore being forced on him? He didn't pick him. We, we don't know that, number one. What are you one. talking about? But we don't know that. He, but, it's clear that that's what Jerry Jones implemented okay, to go and fine. take the he job. Was, he was forced upon him. All right, so you think they should implement the same thing that Jerry Jones is doing? I'm saying this isn't new in the NFL. But, but, and how many times has this organization been burned by a coach that wants to grab and take more power? Let me anyway. ask you this. What should the Eagles do? What everybody else does or what works best for them? What works best for them? Okay, and, this, and don't what you is, think what has worked best for them since this new operation has taken over? Doug Peterson has worked best. Did for they them. win a Super Bowl with me, or maybe, or maybe not? Like some say, and not some say, in his coaching staff. They did, did they pick the right guys for him in 2016 they did. They did and 17? They did pick the right guys from in 2017. Okay, so where I can't is, dispute that. So where is Jeffrey Lurie's like rights to go and do but, this? But where Doug, is it like? Doug's in a different place now. This. Doug's in a different place now. Like Doug is coached for four years. He knows what he wants to do. I think we. All would sit here and say we trust Doug Peterson as a head coach, right? Absolutely. Okay, so if you trust Doug as a head coach and you trust what he's doing, you trust that he knows what he needs, then he should get to pick his own staff. Just because the Steelers maybe don't do it or the Cowboys don't do it, there's nothing to do with the Eagles. Uh, let's go to Rasheem in uh, North Philly. What's going on, Rasheem? How are you? What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Good, 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 good. I'm not really too concerned who made the decision, long the decision was made because it was the correct decision. So if Doug made it or if or if uh, Lori made it, at the end of the day, it was a decision that needed to be made. Carson Watts did not develop our receivers. It's not so much that the fans didn't like them. The reason why we're fans, and a lot of times in Philadelphia, I think not just us being fans, but we actually sometimes know what we're looking at. When you're making mistakes on a football field over and over again, game in and game out. Then, then that falls on your uh, receivers coach. And if you look at the development, well, Rasheem, real receivers, quick, let me ask you real quick before, before you move on. So when you say ahead. he didn't develop the receivers, right? I think right. we would all agree. Deshaun Alshon and Nelson and, and Nelson Aguilar are probably beyond developing at this point. Like you can get better, Absolutely. but they're beyond developing. So you, Greg Ward definitely developed and improved. That's it. That's a chip in the Carson mm-hmm. Walsh. I don't corner. think so. I don't think so because Greg Ward will. He he came from a, a background of, of a playing a playing quarterback. So I think it was more so of him just getting that chance to play receiver on the field. I really don't think Carson Walsh really developed Greg Ward. So I got to disagree. I mean, with that. look, I, you can make the debate because he was only a receiver coach for a year, but I think he's been on. And Greg Ward been on our team since so was what 2015? Yeah, 2016? S- 17. Okay, yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, so, come on. Yeah, well, I, I look, I still think Carson Wells deserves credit for that. But I also say, like, no. when you talk about, okay, well, we disagree on that. But <laughs> so, I, I mean, what would he ever get credit for then, if not Greg Ward? I, well, well, I'm not too really concerned as far as who's getting the credit. Well, but you just said he's not developing field, people. So. Hold on, but the product on the field wasn't good enough. So, regardless of the fact who made the decision, the decision needs to be made. So, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't want to go into the back and forth exactly. You know, um, um, you don't want Jeffrey Lurie meddling with this football team, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of ironic because he's owned this team since what in the early what what early nineties, I think, nineteen ninety, ninety, yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Sorry. So, so he could evolve into being a better. A better football owner. So, 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 it's the same thing as if somebody's coming out out of college and wanted to be, you know, you know, a graduated coach, you know, and to become a coach. I think Jeff Lurie should get that same respect as far as you know being able to develop 
being into a football type of owner where you, he can make those decisions. I think it's wrong. Yeah, I'm, yeah Rasheem, I, I, I'm with you, buddy. I thought you made some pretty good points there. I guess that's why, like, I, I, why do we think that, that Jeffrey Lurie doesn't deserve to make this call, I guess, in your mind, James, since you have a problem with it? Well, again, I, like, I, you know, I'm torn on the issue because I do think it was the right call. I have no problem with the call itself. Again, I go back to the slippery slope of it all. I, I go back to the fact that I don't want my owner being involved in these types of decisions on a macro level. Like, yes, Jeffrey Lurie has some successes. We also don't know what failures he's had. Like, we don't know all the decisions, how involved he actually is. There could be things that he's done that have had really bad, you know, yeah. results from it. So I don't know. I just personally feel like an owner, the best owners in sports are people who hire good people, trust those people to make the right decisions, and let those people do their jobs, the jobs they are qualified for. Jeffrey Lurie, no matter how much he's learned about football in the 25 years or whatever, he's owned this team. I think it was 95. I think it was, yeah, 94, 94 95. What was even earlier than that? Oh, yeah, that's right. This is um, Detroit in the playoff like, game. No matter right. what he's learned that, and he definitely knows more about running a football team than anyone in this room, no yep. question, and, and any average person by far, but that doesn't mean that he knows how good a wide receiver coach is or how good an offensive coordinator is and what those guys do and what matters. Like, he's not as intimately involved in that as NFL head coaches are. So I just think that you have people who are better informed to make these types of decisions. Now, on the flip side, I do understand if they look at Doug and say that Doug's too, maybe it's the, they don't trust him to, to ever get rid of his guys or something like that. Like, there are other factors. I'm just talking in a macro general sense. I don't want the owner of my team being intimately involved in the nitty gritty. Well, let's decisions. see if we can go right at the heartstrings. Are you happy that Bryce Harper's here? Uh, Who made that decision? Well, that's, you happy that's Joe Girardi's here? Stop. That's signing Who made three... that decision? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a different, that's a different thing. thing. I'm telling you that's... No, no, but, no, no, this no, no, is, no. But this is the signing point you Bryce keep... Signing Bryce Harper, of course you're going to... Owner, owner meddling gonna... has been happening since the beginning of time. contract and owner's going to... Look, it's, I'm not saying an owner shouldn't know what's happening with his team and okay on money things. And sure, you could close if you're the one, but... Again, I think John Middleton's too involved in the Phillies right now. So that's a, you know, if you really want to go down I'm, that road, well, I think John I, Middleton is way too involved. Well, in and, and also, way too involved. Also, again, you keep taking this to a broader discussion of owner versus head coach. Like, that's a different discussion. I'm saying owner versus that. everybody. Yes, okay, we can have that discussion, but that's not what we're discussing. We're discussing if Jeffrey Lurie should let Doug Peterson pick his head coach. That does not have to do with Middleton. It does not do with Bryce Harper. That's a different discussion. 888-729-9494. I never have. A problem with an owner meddling in decision-making because... Do you like Jerry Jones? Uh, as an owner? Yes. Okay. I think it would be very interesting to be a Dallas Cowboys be fan. interesting. But... Or, or Jerry Jones to be here. I, 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 you know, like, there are there are faults with, with everything in it. But I'm saying I think Jeffrey Lurie is a better owner than Jerry Jones because he allows his guys to go and do stuff, but will step in when it's necessary. And uh, apparently we have a lot to get into uh, with that. 888-729-9494. John Barger, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks. It is Go Birds Radio. All happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Nice. Well done, Seltz. This your call. Wow. Wow. I mentioned it last week, but this is your squad right here. Is, not, is this Queen? Yes. Oh, okay, is this yeah. Queen? Is this Come queen. on, man. I mean, if, if you wouldn't have said that this is my squad thing, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We basically played this for you. Yeah. Maybe I just don't recognize it yet. 
because you don't know it. Yeah. That's what I always say to you. I'm always like, you should. You Maybe they love, have like a you chorus. You love Queen chorus songs that you've heard, but you don't want to listen to new uh, Queen songs that you haven't heard. It makes all. But the it's sense not an anti Queen thing. I just don't really prefer. Like I'm not really like a big like. Let me listen to this new music. Yeah, I like is, the songs I like. Yeah, you know, let's your problem, let's, let's start friend. this. We, I know I we like talked about this, but. But I think because yeah, the, that's the only music that's out there that's worthwhile. I mean, look, it's the I'm ones not, I like. Music. Music. I'm just I'm just not somebody that like seeks out new music. Like if I hear it and I like it, then I'll add it to my songs I listen to. So how do you learn about my new things? Songs then? I like listen just... to. Well, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> Make a movie and then uh, Elliot will listen to it. But uh, James, since it is the off season, I know we talked about this, but we should just do it right now. We should begin the list of Elliot. Or the the off season of Elliot, and I think we need to give. We should suggest things to him of, oh, of I've what been to listen to, do this to forever, and but watch you know, and all that. Right? He, he would have to agree to do it because I've been telling him to listen to Doggy Style for like I don't know since I've known him, and I'm and literally because I'm trying to think of stuff that like I know he'll love. Like if he yeah. listened to Doggy Style, he'd be like. Oh, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, I'm so sure it's great. It. So I don't disagree. try it. I just... Try a new so, thing, Elliot. Let's just open... I'll open that up for the, you know, the, the rest of the show here. 888-729-9494. If there is something that you think, one... And, and if you think, man, I wonder if Elliot has listened or watched this. The answer is he no. He hasn't. Yeah, the answer yeah, is no. It's a definitive, so, strong no, unless it's some new reality show. <laughs> I gotta yeah. say, my intention when playing that song was not that this should turn into a Oh, you need to die. Things. I didn't expect this to happen either. <laughs> well, it's but, good. I prefer that. I mean, it's, I'm glad right. it happens, but this was not my intention. Yeah, so if there's a movie, a television show, uh, something, a form music. of music that you love, that you probably are sure Elliot has not seen or heard, uh, we will take your suggestions all off-season. 888-729-9494. And, by the way, coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, uh, we are definitely going to get into the nitty-gritty of who we think won the NFC East coaching hire carousel. Uh, and if any one of these kind of makes us a little bit worried, I know that Elliot Shore Parks is already re- ready to crown Mike McCarthy. I think it's a great I th- hire. I think I, think I, think I am, too. I still haven't made my, my decision yet. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Dan in Warmitz. What's going on, Dan? You're on Go Birds Radio. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Hey, um, I just wanted to chime in about Oh, you know, oh. you. It, I, I just want to say, since he's owned the team, he's been one of the best owners in the NFL. We got a new stadium. We got the new practice bubble. The Eagles have been amazing every year. Like, every year we expect them to Kelly Green's going to come back this next year, or more than likely, at least I think, Dan. Yeah, no, so, I don't think so. But You know, no, not an alternate? All right. No. An no. offseason of bitching continues oh. on. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, 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 you're okay, yeah. Um, I just think that he's a good owner and he's smart enough to let people make their own decisions. Like, I'm, if I'm Doug Peterson, if I know I'm going to fire those guys, I might not have told them yet. I'm not going to go on live TV. Yeah, they're getting they're No, but wouldn't tomorrow. you say I'm still evaluating things instead of saying, oh, they'll definitely be back? That's the issue. I don't know. I think you guys are just, like, splicing words too much. I no, think no, no, no. Doug ha- Peterson said they will be back, quote, unquote. Like, yeah. It's Point a press blank. conference, dude. They lie in those all the time. Yeah, but Doug doesn't oh, really lie, though. Doug Donald, doesn't really lie, Every though. human being, he, he's not going to, like, make those guys. They probably Right, but wouldn't you agree? Decide. Could have just said, hey, I'm still evaluating everything. And then he's not throwing those guys out of the bus or anything. Are you to your wife and say, hey, I might divorce you. I don't know yet. Dan, that is maybe the most <laughs> ridiculous yeah, comparison. That was... that, what does that have to do with it? I mean, we're talking about guys who actually could lose though. their jobs. Like, yeah, but you can't, that, that's... You're, like, you're not going to tell people they're on the rocks. Like, 
I you don't have to. I just said you're evaluating it. And that's something that you're talking about what press conferences and what coaches say. How many times you hear a coach say, oh, we're still evaluating things. We're figuring it out. We'll let you know when we know. That happens all the time. Right, Doug does it with what, injuries let's, every let's, Monday. Listen, they win games. They're competitive. They don't get blown out. I'd rather have a, co- a coach that wins and makes tough decisions, then he can speak in front of you. He's not a good public speaker. You're not understanding that. I agree with that. No, no, but that's what I mean. So you're, like, twisting his words and holding No, no, no. What what we're saying is No one's twisting his words here. I'll just just say that. No, 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 no. no, no. To be fair, you're right. His words aren't being twisted. But you're holding him responsible for getting in front of people and speaking when that's not as strong. Well, that's it. But just to be clear, that is a part of the job. I mean, how many Literal teams can we job. look no, at? No, and, it's not. Yes, it no, is. It, oh, well, then why? Again, well, a, well then why do they interview head coaches? Do they put them through why like mock it, press? And they have to do it. Like they're they're required by the rules no, no, of the no, league right, to do that it. Doesn't mean they have to be good at it. Yeah. Well, like look, Belichick. Is that's a good I agree, but you're still the face of a of a franchise in that way. You are still the face. You're the person who every day, or three days a week, or whatever it is, is putting yourself out there to represent the franchise. I mean, it's, Howie Rose, Rose, it's a very important part We didn't hear Howie job. Roseman since August. We haven't heard Jeffrey Lurie since last March or whatever. I mean, that's the point. The point is there is one person in that triumvirate of the three people who are, you know, for all intents and purposes, running a football team, the, the football ops guy, the owner, and the head freaking coach. The head coach is the face of the franchise on a daily basis to the media. You don't have to be great at it, but it is absolutely an important and, part and of that I, job. I would say, I think that although Doug definitely blundered this one, I mean, well, I guess it depends. If you think Doug was telling the truth, then he didn't really blunder it. But like, yeah, then he was oh, just <laughs> he, led the wrong path. Yeah, but I way. think overall, Doug and his personality, what he does at the podium, how good he is with Angelo when he comes on, has played a large role in how much people like him. Like, I think that it absolutely matters how well you are as a head coach. Now, clearly you need to be able to coach as well, but there are tons of head coaches that are just very good at the podium and are, you know, not good coaches, but because fans like them and they're approachable and all those things, it, it matters. Uh, I, I See, I don't have an issue with how all of it played out. Let's go on the premise that he didn't lie, and I, I kind of agree with you because, again, they are the two that cracked the case. Doug just never lies. I, I, or has, I can't think has of an a example. very hard time lying. That's one of the... One, one of the main things that he's all about. Um, I did think he expected Grow to be back because he said so. Yeah. I'm still sitting here okay telling you guys it's okay that Jeffrey Laurie said, I know you think that, and this looks bad now, but unfortunately, I made the decision back in December that I want to move on with him unless basically you guys win, well, r- let, won the Super so Bowl. Let's go you from knew the, that was happening. Let's go from the premise that that's what happened, just for an exercise, right? right? You're okay with Laurie deciding in December that these guys needed to be fired. So no matter what happened yes. in December, no matter what Doug because thought. Because we were all saying the same thing in well, December. What we say, like, ultimately, th- Doug needs to make this decision. Like, th- what we say matters clearly and what the fans think and what we say and all that. But, like, we should not have any say on who the offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach are. 888-729-9494. I, I will bring another example to the table of, of why I feel so strongly about this and uh, why NFL owners and GMs and so on need to be involved in coaching hires and staff. Uh, and uh, we will certainly get into the NFC East, who we think might have won this coaching search, if there is a winner in that, and a lot more. 888-729-9494. John Barcher, James Seltzer, L.A. Short Parks, all right here. It's Go Birds Radio, 94 WIP. It is 
Go Birds Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, you like Snoop Dogg, right? Like, you like Snoop Dogg? Again, you've this heard is Gin not, and Juice a million times, right? This is not an anti-take of, like, no, I know Snoop Dogg or Doggy Style. I, I just don't want to try new things. I just can't believe you haven't yeah, heard it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure I will hear it at one point. Like, I just, you know. Right now. I like the music I like. You're like, listening to it right now. You're hearing it right yeah, now. Yeah, it sounds good. The See, we just got to put it in front of There we go. Done. I listen to it. Good so, suggestion. So this hour you. is important for a multitude of you. reasons, uh, but uh, that is probably the main one. As we're starting our, Elliot needs to listen, watch, or read this thing. I mean, you're even trying to take steps in well, my, the, the geographical yeah. world, which I'm very My big personal with. goal for this offseason is to better understand geography. <laughs> so if anyone wants to call in and tell me something that I think would probably be cool with geography, that would be fun. Like, and uh, not just geography. Yeah. Geography and geopolitical issues. Yeah. And understand well, the way the world the works and people issues. interact. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm saying you're, more, you're interested in... It's not just like where is this thing. Although, right. although we do are, are still a little unsure of all the continents, right? No, I, I know the continents okay, for sure. Good. Yeah, I just for mean sure. in, gen- <laughs> in general. I was not good at geography growing up. I didn't pay we attention to school. Geography is like, not my specialty. It's either, hard, right? but I'm, it's crazy. I'm, one, it's let me tell you, I've been reading about geography. It is crazy. Let me tell you something about borders. It's crazy. Oceans, mountains, that's right. People, the world is a wild place. <laughs> it is out of control. Cultures and yep. whatnot is really nuts around here. 888-729-9494. Did jump. you know they speak different languages other places? Pretty, I mean, this is wild. Yeah. I mean, dude, in Africa, they speak like 500 plus languages yeah. or something like that. They have like, different accents in New York. I don't know if you heard this or not. But oh, I've heard them, yeah. Pretty, in my pretty Twitter mentions, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> 888-729-9494. It is Go Birds Radio. We're with you here uh, until 3 o'clock. We will definitely be making some plays today on the NFL Action which you can uh, certainly hear as they get uh, right kicked off on four thirty five or so. Yeah, yeah I think excellent. Somewhere in that range. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, get a little uh, Vikings. Get a little Forty ers action going, and uh, I, I guess there is there has been a lot of questions since the press conference and the follow up with Angela Cataldi, Doug Peterson, kind of sitting down with one another. I understand where James and Elliot are coming from and be like, "Hey, man, this dude won the Super Bowl. Uh, he is." You know, went to bat for his guys. He seems comfortable with Mike Crow. No matter what we think about him, if he's comfortable with him, uh, we should be fine with that. But this is why I like Jeffrey Lurie stepping in because we all believe that that's what happened here too, regardless of how we feel the press conference went. Uh, If it's going to be better for Carson Wentz or for that offensive coaching staff, excuse me, then I don't have a problem with him coming in and saying, hey, this isn't going to work. Like Carson's a little unhappy with this, and I'm just – Assuming some of these things. Right. Carson wants to be challenged a little bit more. And how is Doug supposed to know every single coach in the NFL who's hot, who's not, well, who would work? How is Lori supposed to know? Because, uh, Lori doesn't know, but there's a, a f- entire unit, I, I'm, I'm assuming, that is vetting coaches from the outside, what works for this offense, what would mesh well in terms of Doug's philosophy, on and on and on. And then they present them to them. They all have a discussion about it. Don't you think that's how it goes? Here's the thing. So ultimately, we're we're all doing this in terms of taking assumptions in terms of what we yeah, think happened. All, right, exactly. But at bottom line, the, the the debate really, it's it doesn't really have to do with Mike Grow and Carson Walsh. Like the the process of firing them matters in some ways more than the actual firing. And my point is, Doug should get to pick his staff. Period. Doug should get to make football decisions. Like I get how he's a GM and he has you know he's. Certainly played a role in one, winning the Super Bowl. I think he's one of the better GMs in the league. I'm not saying Doug should have complete control over personnel. 
But I think when you talk about the pecking order of Jeffrey, Howie, Doug, would we all agree that's probably the power structure in terms of who has the most say? Yes. Jeffrey, obviously. Yeah, of then, course. Then Howie. I think Doug should be ahead of Howie. Like I think uh, that. Well, man, that is a. You're talking what, just about what? his coaching staff, right? Yeah. Okay. Let, wait. Let me take that. You're back. not talking about personnel, right? And stuff. Right. Okay. Exactly. Just yes. to clarify. Yes. There. What, what I mean? For what a second, I, I was about to jump right. on you. I, too. I phrased that poorly. <laughs> what I should say is this more: Doug deserves to have his his voice heard a lot more than it is. Is I guess what I think I, I'm trying to say. Like, if, if we might think Mike Groh's not good, we might not like Carson Walsh. Guess what? If Doug does then I think they should keep him. I don't think they need somebody to step in and say, these guys are doing such a bad job that they have to leave. Because if Doug thinks he's doing, they're doing a good job. Doug's not the CEO of this football team. Who do you think knows more about, about Mike Groh and his job performance? Jeffrey Lurie or Doug Peterson? Who do you think knows more about the league, what it has to offer, what it has to push Carson Wentz, and what it has to push the rest of the wide receivers on this team from the I, outside I don't know if that's in. Jeffrey, though. Like, I, I don't... But it's probably Howie, and it's probably Jeffrey Laurie, and it's probably other bunch of guys that are in there, right? I mean, how, why is it Doug's job now to know every single person that would work best for him as his right-hand man? They took away his right-hand man. He was going to be comfortable with Frank Reich for the next 10 years. It would have never kind of... Well, I mean, I'm sure he would have gotten a head coaching opportunity at right. some point. But still, uh, and, and that was their first shot at it. Now you got to go and improve, and there's pr- plenty of names to go and improve with. That's what I mean. It's it's for the betterment of the team. I don't care if Doug's again, comfortable or not. But, like, so let's say, do you think Jim Schwartz is a good defense coordinator? Absolutely. Do you think Deuce Staley is a good running back coach? Let's use that example. Sure. Yes, yes. Okay. from what we know. So if Jeffrey stepped in and said, you know what, Doug, I know you really like, or Jeff Stoutland or any of these guys. Sure. They're fired. Would you have a problem with that? I would because Jeff Stoutland, because they're really good coaches. We have evidence that they're really good coaches. But that's my point. Like, the result is not so much what we're talking about. We're talking about the process of who should get to make these decisions, regardless of what the decision is. And I'm saying Doug should get to make the decision. Like, like firing Carson Walsh, again, I think, like, his criticism is a little overblown, all those things, but I'm not going to go to bat for Carson Walsh. But the the fact that we think Lurie and Howie made the decision over Doug, to me, is extremely problematic. And maybe not right now, but... Maybe next year, two years from now, like I just think if this is how it's going to play out, this is not a recipe to win. And they won a Super Bowl, but again, 19 and 16 over the last two years. 888-729-9494. I'm actually going to tell you why it's the opposite of trying to create that same effect there, Elliot. But I do want to go and talk to our good friend Bob in Wilmington. Bob, what's going on, bud? Great to hear from you. Hey, guys, the ESP and Friends. Uh, (laughs) I think it's Seltzer and Friends, but that was close. James, we missed a guy yesterday, and I'm not going to tell him what we were talking about, but Dick Vermeil, we didn't oh, bring him home. Oh, yeah, of course. Good call. Yes, we did forget uh, Dick. And you and Elliot, again, are 100% right. Oh, um, wow. Uh, you know, the one thing we know is that Gro and Walsh did not go to the Christmas party. You know? <laughs> Uh, that that is always a a, a deal for termination. <laughs> I, I, this is this is a generalization and an overview. But what I want my owner to do is delegate authority, write checks, and call John Runyon and ask him if he's blind or stupid uh, without finding the uh, uh, J- uh, clowny on that hit <laughs> on our on our quarterback. Yeah. And and I'll tell you of the holy trinity of Jeff. Howie and Doug, I trust Doug more than the other two put together. Let's not forget that Miss, that our owner is the guy that put Chip Kelly behind the drivers, uh, behind the wheel. Good point, to do, actually. To, 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 to do it was the whole the, thing. It was the right call, Bob. It was the right call then. It was the right call to get rid of him, too. Like, you were going to lose Chip Kelly on a – and at the time, I don't think we would have all been happy if Chip Kelly got fired in 14, right? No, but 
but I wouldn't after that short period of time. I wouldn't have given him all the all the personnel power. That's I mean that was a disaster. Right. Well, I mean, to, Bob, this is exactly my point. And what to we're not what talking personnel? What Elliot said. I, I understand we're not talking about personnel, but if you have something established and then go, okay, you won the Super Bowl with guys we picked, and then two years running, the guys you said you were comfortable with, and I'm assuming saved their jobs after the first season in 2018 and said, okay, we get one more shot here, but we need to see significant improvement. And when that happens, I'm okay with the guy that made the decision to get those guys around Doug Peterson in the first place and go, we need a new direction. Well, I, I think this year was an aberration anyway. I mean, the injuries this year were just absurd. I mean, you could almost look at this year, the fact that they made the playoffs, albeit in a horrible division, I, I, you know, I agree that, but nobody in the NFC had a worse, had a better record than the Eagles and, made the, and didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles absolutely deserved to be there with a team that was missing, what, five, six offensive starters? That I mean, the fa- and Josh McCown is a hero. Oh my man. God! I, yes, I, I, I'm telling you, that guy is—he's unbelievable. Uh, you know, my, from the fans of Philadelphia, I don't speak for all of them, but thank you, Josh. No, you You're, do. He, you, <laughs> you, you are the man. There is no doubt about it. I, I just—I don't want Laurie involved at all. Period. Uh, I mean, you know, that's my opinion. Maybe right or wrong, but. Uh, uh, I think Elliot and James are right on the money. Doug knows what he's doing, and he's deserved the right to to, to pick his own coaches. Appreciate so, it, Bob. You know, thank a, you, guys. You, you got Thanks, it, guys. They always great to hear from you. Well, uh, to Bob, to you guys. Then, do you think Doug has done a good job in evaluating Mike Groh and Carson Walsh? Then, because if we're all in agreement that they have not done a great job, even though I still think when we're deciding between these guys, the real problem is. The GM, the drafts, and all that—it's a bigger issue for but me. You, you want him hiring the head, the coaches, though. Who's that? Howie. Uh, I'm I'm saying I, I mean, don't. When we I say don't Larry, think we're a, really talking Larry and Howie. I don't ever think it's a one person's decision on anything. That's my point. You know, I, I even when we're saying the the rope that Jim Short says with his personnel, I am still sure that there is discussions there. Doesn't mean yeah, that like stay uh, out of my way. Here's what I want, and just give me what and I want. I don't want. think Lurie's doing that either. To be clear, like I, I, I right. you know, I, I still think Lurie is a great owner. Obviously, they're one of the best run franchises in the league. All those things, but what's happened over the last week has me worried that maybe Doug doesn't have as much say as I think he should at this point of his career. And what is at this point of his career? He's been to you. quarterback or super winning coach. And look, that is. Ob- Obviously, part of it, but I, I to what you said, I think last segment, Barchard, like, oh, because he won a Super Bowl, now all of a sudden he should get to make decisions. I don't think it's exclusively that. I think it's just we can all see Doug is one of the best head coaches in the league, and I think he has earned the right after four years to have a lot of say on what goes into his staff. I think players is a different discussion. I think he should have some say, but I think that should be much more collaborative. But when you're, you're, but you're arguing. Staff, well, hold on, you're arguing process when you're telling me results. You're doing the same thing. You're going, he won the Super Bowl, but process says, no, you know what? But that's things. different. Yeah, that's different thing. I'm talking like, about the process of making the, a decision. Sure, yeah. but the process of making a decision anyway. He's that, too, it's he, just informing what, a process. What that NFL is. Had, like the, the, the knowledge that he is a Super Bowl winning head coach or a great coach or whatever just informs the process. It's not the process. I'm just saying, what, in, what informs us that Doug Peterson is great at evaluating offensive guys to bring in to his own I don't know. Huddle, to be honest, you know? I, I don't know if Doug would do a great job with it. I just know he deserves to pick his own staff. He's one of the best, best head coaches in the league. He's, and this is 
somewhat results, but I think that you're more talking process. Look, like, and to the point where they are clearly making us believe that we're we're all doing this show talking now under the hypothetical that Doug is not picking his staff because of all that went down this week. The Eagles want us to believe that he is picking our, his own staff. That alone, that them saying like, oh, no, no, Doug, I'm picking my own staff. I made the decision all myself. Like That alone should show you from an optics perspective what the Eagles want us to believe. They want us to believe that Doug Peterson is, in fact, but why, fully why, in charge of that. But, but in that hypothetical, why do we not believe that he does that? Clearly, we both believe that he he, he chose Grow, Grow right? And Walsh were coming back, and then a day later, they are fired. That's and not that's hiring why. him. You guys are talking about getting rid of but, them but, and picking but, his but, own staff. Yes, but picking thinking? but picking part of your staff also that that involves firing. Like when we're talking about putting together a staff, we're not saying Doug should only get to saying hire them. Full yes. control of your staff is full the point. control oh, of the staff. Whole hiring and firing. I don't think anyone does. That's what that's the point. I don't think I anyone in the do. NFL Bill, has P- complete Carroll control. Picks his own staff. Of Bill course, Belichick, because Mike, they've had. Like, and, and, and how, how many it Super Bowls them? has Pete Carroll won? Uh, one. Okay, that's as many as Doug's won. How like, many times has he been back? He's been also there twice. Agreed. How many times twice. have they made the playoffs no matter what? And Doug's made Pretty the playoffs three out of four years of 75% of his career. He just hasn't coached as long, right? And Pete Carroll's a great coach. But your thing is, you're saying, like, well, of course Pete Carroll gets to pick. Well, why is Doug not in that category? Doug has been arguably the best head coach in the league over the last three years. Because Pete Carroll had head coaching experience before that. He had been in the NFL for a lot longer. He coached other programs. He raised the program. There's other factors so, here. But, Doug Peterson has literally done none of those things. But you're, you're making two different points. To get to you're making two staffs. different points. On one hand, you're saying They're you're the fine same. with the owner doing it. But you're also saying you don't trust Doug to do it. You're saying because he's, he's younger, he hasn't done it as long, he didn't have a pre- So if that's what you feel, that's a different discussion. I don't think Doug Peterson is ready to be CEO of everything that happens on the field. No, that's, that's not my what coaching staff. Right. Saying, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. It's a part point, of it. It's a very different do you, thing. do you trust Doug Peterson to hire his coaching staff? Kind of. Okay, well then that's, so that's not a yes, obviously, right? Like, I trust Doug to make the decision. I think Doug I, knows what he wants in a coordinator. I think Doug knows what he wants in a receiver coach. And, yes, you're right. How he's been in the league more, Lurie has more. Doug they all have lo- more experience yes, than agreed. Doug. But, yeah. but, but Doug is not a rookie. Well, like, not, not exactly. I Jim mean, Schwartz Doug has also, more experience Doug than also, Doug. Doug also played in the NFL. Doug played I under Don that. Shula. Played under, like, I mean, like, that's not not experience. Like, that's not. I, agree. I mean, I would argue that Doug Peterson has way more experience than Jeffrey Lurie in terms of qualifications to make decisions but about that's a coaching where those staff. decisions like stay. they more. stay like, on the field like light years more they stay on the field and what, that's what, what... you're talking about they stay on the field like i don't understand play calling coming up with the designs of it running your own system I'm talking calling about the that, plays no, etc etc et doug peterson is more qualified to know who would be a good offensive coordinator and who would be a good defensive coordinator i don't coordinator believe that because he has more coaching experience more experience dealing with coaches 8887299494 let's go to our good friend darren in south philly darren what's going on buddy how are you how you guys doing? Seltzer. What up, Dave? Shore Parks. What up? I, oh, uh, Seltzer, I, I, I hate to disagree with you. John, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing I gotta good, agree buddy. with John. Like, I don't understand in what world Coach Peterson said he wanted to bring back these two. Me, you, and the, all of us can agree. Rose and uh, Chad didn't do a good job, right? On the field, the offense looked atrocious. Receivers and the quarterback in our offense regressed this season, correct? Well, until the last month when they played great, and yes. you know you got and rid they of certain also guys. They played on the it. worst division in football. Yeah, they played great. Well, like, let me ask I, you I'm this, not going to take that. Yeah, how do, how do you feel amazing. about Doug? How, how do you feel about Doug? Doug? Yeah, like I, so you think Gro and Carson Walsh didn't do a good job, and you, it sounds like you don't put much stock into the final month of the season because of who they played. So, on that same token, if you're going to judge Gro and Walsh by that, how do you feel about Doug and Carson? 
How do hate is your part? No, I'm no, I'm just asking. So we're gonna we're gonna hold Grow and Walsh to different standards, and we're gonna like let's judge them all by the same standard. If you say the last month of the season doesn't matter, or like right, so. Does that change how you view Doug and Carson? Which is fine, but then I think uh, you well, should be consistent. Did, did, does it change? Did it change your opinion? No, because you're still hating on Carson. No, that's not true. Right. Actually, it did. It he is. changed his Carson opinion. He's talking. Yeah, that's yeah. not uh, true. Darren, yeah. Darren, you gotta be, you gotta be right when you come at him. Yeah, is, like he I is very. very he's giving Carson a lot of credit <laughs> the last month. It just sounds like you're not okay. willing to give Grow and Walsh credit for the end, but you are with Doug and Carson, I, and to me, that's not fair. I, I gave Carson and Doug credit the whole season. They were uh, fighting, uh, fighting uphill with, uh, you know cardboard box instead of uh, actual paddles. Now, I'll say the last month of the season, sure. Did the offense get better? Sure. But also you have to factor in, you know, they uh, they took the handcuffs off. They took the, the handcuffs off Carson. Well, they don't you think Grow had something to do with that? So you think that was all Doug? Know. You think Grow was sitting there being like, don't I, do no, this? No, I really think it was all uh, Josh Howard. I mean, not Josh Howard, Josh McCown. I think Josh McCown stepped up and said, hey, told Carson, hey, look. You really, really need to do more. Okay, well, but, I mean, before you let me go, let me, I have a, I have a, two things that I want to get to before you let me go. Okay. I have a, a conspiracy theory, not a conspiracy theory. Uh, Hold on, let me get my, let me get the aluminum foil out. Hold on. Okay, go. I have a what if scenario. What if you know? Because we all know that uh, Josh McCown tore his tore his hamstring. We're not sure when it happened. Correct. Second quarter we of the know. game. They're saying. Yeah. Okay. Four so minutes and forty five seconds into it. Okay. What if they had put Greg Ward in the quarterback as quarterback? Do you think his mobility would have helped us more, and we could have potentially been playing this week? No, and no. Then, but you no. also lose no. your number one receiver. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and <laughs> on top of that, too, he spent the whole like he has not practiced that position with any of these guys. Well, you know, not, not only you can't all, just not step all, in not, and not, not just run the beer. You know, it's easy. Yeah, I, I don't, what, Darren. Was he running the scout team? He was running the scout team the whole week as, as a starting scout quarterback, correct? No, Greg Ward was practicing with the first-team so. offense. Yeah, he was oh, their number, he was one, number one, receiver. one receiver. No, 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 no. Maybe earlier was, in the okay. season, if they were going okay. up against a mobile quarterback, okay. they might have okay. had to do that. Okay, but. and before you let me go, I got one thing to add to, uh, add to, add to Elliot's list. How okay, good. Put on, how about you put two two albums on your list? How about the Carter Three, one of the best rap, rap albums ever? Okay, I've you heard know, that. He, yeah, Carter say, Three's already done. Right. Right. Next one. Go All right. Older stuff, Dave. Oh, okay, and what about uh, Michael Jackson's? Any, any one of yeah. Michael Jackson's? Oh, yeah, I mean, I've heard Michael Jackson songs. Like, yes. Well, I've, I don't know yeah, if he's no, heard no, the no, entire no, no, album. No, 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 <laughs> Have you heard the whole Thriller album? No. Okay, done. Then that is on the list. The whole thir- album. <laughs> and it's John. Yeah. We need to get a poker tournament off of the offseason since you guys have nothing better than I would. I would love. <laughs> I love that idea. I think we should. Should have like a beer brats and poker type of uh, you know old school odd couple night. I think that'd be pretty fun. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Well, I got, obviously we're going to play a little Michael Jackson when we get back here too. But who won the NFC East coaching hires? We'll get into that. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Do you believe that this was the right call made by Jeffrey Lurie to say X nay to you know Mike Grow, Carson Walsh, and are you okay? With Jeffrey Lurie meddling in these decisions uh, on the football field. 888-729-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. Having it right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. And let me tell you, if this song comes on and you're not immediately like moving your hips, I don't know if I can trust you. That's that's the first part of this. This is this is it. Like I mean, I'm sure Billie Jean is 
is the one for a lot of people, but yeah, but this is the one that just makes yeah, me dance. It's a great song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great song. And I just are you impressed by anything? Let me just. Yeah, I, I, I want to know what you're most impressed by. I mean, by. how yeah. many catches the did new, Jordan the Matthews have? The new season of Vanderpump yeah. Rules has been <laughs> well, amazing. Well, let me okay. tell you guys. The new season of Siesta Keys, the first uh, episode of that. What in the world is Siesta Keys? Barchard, Barchard, Barchard. <laughs> <laughs> Here, okay, let me, let me say this. I know people might groan towards that, but Elliot got me on 90 Day Fiance. So good. And that is probably the best reality yeah, television show I've ever watched. I'm just going to all of this. It, so. is better, it is better than Survivor, James. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's it is. Better than it's way really more think. intense. But anyway, what is what is this new? Take. I mean, Siesta. Siesta. So, do you remember like uh, do you remember the hills? Kind of. It's basically that only it. in Florida. I would say. Oh. just great drama. It's great drama. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> as good as Larry versus Doug. <laughs> oh my God. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Yeah, I can't get him to watch a movie from like nineteen ninety five or something. <laughs> uh, John Barcher, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore, Parkson. And our, our good friend Erog uh, tweeting at me and saying the exact same thing that I was thinking, which I was going to bring up to you guys. Yes. You guys remember, uh, an accomplished coach, Andy Reid, is accomplished, right? Well, at what point of his career are we talking about? 2010, accomplished head coach, right? Yes. Okay, do you ever think it was a smart idea to hire Juan Castillo as his defensive coordinator? Again, this is, this is not the point. <laughs> the, the point. They, they trusted him, right? Yes, but you can also point to good hires he's made too, right? I mean, so like sure, but it didn't the, get the, the, stronger once well, other people left and got The question poached. is not let's look at what has worked and what is has in terms of individual decisions. The question is this: Who do you think should hire his coaching staff, Lurie or Doug? There should be checks and balances. Doug should be able to go. Here's the guys I want, and Howie and Jeffrey Lurie check him and go. Man, I'm not sure about so this. So you don't guy. think Doug should have final say? I don't think Doug should have final say on his on his oh, coaching well, that's staff where we disagree. because it's just it's not. Like it's not that big of a deal. That's what I mean. Why does he? Why is it well, for you? I mean, it is a big the deal. But why is it a big deal? That's what I want to know. Because I think Doug, both a knows what he wants on his coaching staff, and b has earned the right. Like this has been four years in the NFL. Doug is not a rookie head coach anymore. And probably the best point you've made all day is yes, they hired the correct people in 2017. They deserve credit for that. And I'm not saying Doug shouldn't listen to him. I'm not saying that Doug should like shut them out the room. My ultimate point though is when you say okay. We have all these candidates. Who are we hiring? Doug should make that decision. Not Lurie, not Howie. Okay, well, that wasn't even going to be a discussion because Doug wanted Mike Groh to stay here another year. That's what then, I'm then, saying. Then, like, then, then Mike Groh should be here. If Doug wanted Mike Groh to stay, then Mike Groh should be here. Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman's jobs are to protect the team future, now, and forever. They need to step in and go, we're not doing that, man. But what's I'm sorry. Doug, but what's Doug's job? Doug's job, Doug's is, to job comp- is to make sure that team is ready to play on Sundays Every single Sunday or Monday night or whatever it is. And if he believes Grow is the best person to do that, don't you think he should have stayed? No, because why? clearly he's wrong on that. And if, why? We're, if we're basing the evidence on Doug Peterson and evaluating coaches, and he's telling me that Mike Grow is fine going into a third season with him, which we know is not true, then I don't want him a part of that well, process. Well, let me ask you then, right? So w- what do you not like about Mike Grow? I, I don't like the fact that in his career I've never seen Mike Grow as an offensive coordinator, shine. He didn't shine with his dad in Virginia, yep. and he certainly hasn't shined here. There hasn't well, been he's a great receiver coach. He was a fan, which is where he should be. Yes. But, but in terms of having a mastermind guy, a fresh set of ideas, which I want to know what that means for you guys, to me, that's a guy when Jim Caldwell was on the market where you could almost recreate 2017 and you could have an offensive coordinator who is overqualified for that position to help Doug to take some of the burden off so both him and Mike Groh are not coaching the wide receivers 
when they should be focusing on what is going to work on this game plan. Doug needs help with his first 15 plays. Doug needs help with his red zone offense. Jim Caldwell can help that. Mike Groh cannot help that. He's shown that in two seasons. I have a hard time believing that you're very down on Mike Groh, but also very high on Doug. I just think that they're because the the result we're looking at. They're two different things. That's where we're arguing two different things. to a certain degree, but I mean, at the beginning of the year when the offense was struggling, everybody blamed Groh. Pretty much. I mean, there was Carson and Doug talk, obviously. But, like, the prevailing thought was, man, Groh is out of his league. But then when the offense turned around, it seems like only Doug and Carson got got the credit for that. I think Groh and Carson Walsh deserve credit for that, too. 888-729-9494. We go to Dan in Delaware. Dan, what's going on, man? You're on Go Birds Radio. Hey, fellas. The first question I have to ask is, with all the credit and mom credit for the way that offense was turned around, how come nobody gives Goose Daly the credit for the job that he did with Miles Sanders? I mean, the progression of Miles Sanders alone this season uh, should warrant Deuce Daly as the next offensive coordinator. Well, um, I think I, I agree with you that Deuce deserves a ton of credit. Boston Scott, too. I think he did a great job at that mm-hmm. room. I, yeah, look, he does every I, year, I'm, Dan. I, I yeah. wanted Deuce to be the OC when Mike Groh got hired as the OC. That's what I was campaigning for. I would be very happy if he's the guy. I do, to what we were talking about before, maybe we'll get into it more, I do think they need, whether it's OC or, or on that staff, some fresh, fresh set out. of eyes, someone who's going to come yeah, in with I, some I, unique, different looks at things. <clears throat> but, I, look, if they hire Deuce Taylor as the offensive coordinator, you won't hear me complain about it. I have another question, actually, more for Ellie, because you're at the practices. Mm-hmm. Why did it take us so long as an organization, whether it's personnel, Howie, uh, Doug, whoever, to realize, hey, this Greg Wood guy can play? Does he practice bad? Because we all, I watch no, him. Practice is great. He's so, apparently, the players yeah. all love him. So I think that it's an it's a great question and it's a complicated answer. So Greg Ward, I I was every every training camp practice. I tracked every catch. Only one receiver and one. Only one receiver had more catches, and then only another receiver had one more touchdown. So, like, Greg Ward had a great training camp. But you have to think about this, right? So there's three receivers in Alshon, Deshaun, and Aguilar that were going to play no matter what. So until money thing. Yes, exactly. So now he's already behind there. And then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside's a second-round pick. So they were going to give him the first shot. And then Matt Collins. Yeah. yeah, and then Matt Collins was a fourth-round pick. They've committed to him. So I think that they knew Greg Ward could play, but there's just a lot of dynamics at play that kept him off the field for the beginning part of the season. Can I ask one more question before you cut me off? Absolutely. If, if we if, if we had a guy like Greg Ward who, who did step up when asked, and you, you lost your starting quarterback three you know minutes into the game or whatever it was, aren't all bets off the table? I'm, I'm a little surprised that Doug didn't go into the back of his pocket and say, you know what, let me do a little trickery with my, my, my college quarterback wide receiver that nobody will see coming. Look, I I understand what you're saying. I think maybe a play or two or do something different and and mix it in, I can understand. But you got to realize that Greg Ward has taken zero snaps at quarterback with these players. Mm -hmm. He hasn't thrown a football to these guys. Like, he doesn't – like, Greg Ward definitely has a higher understanding of the offense than your average wide receiver because he was a quarterback. But that doesn't mean he can sever to the quarterback position and know every route, know every concept, know where everybody's supposed to be on the field. It's a lot to ask. And and again – you're also like there's an other a reason you're, you're he was losing your number one receiver. That too. And like again, that's there's such also a reason he was look. There's also a reason he was turned into a wide receiver. All right, he's not yeah. an NFL quarterback. Like it's it's a weapon you can use sparingly as tricks and stuff. But you're not just saying Greg Ward go win a football game for us. Yeah, you I, know? I am surprised that they didn't do one trick play with Me him too. though. I'm surprised Greg Ward did not throw a pass like <laughs> that. I am. I'm legit surprised about that. But especially when you know, Press although Taylor everyone loves in the that. world kind of saw it. Like if we talk about it every day for a whole week, like I don't think it's a surprise. Like nobody thought Trey Burton was going to throw the ball to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Like that's a surprise. A true trick surprise. Play. Right.
Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't it mean you can't set I mean, it up and set it up like I'm it's, sure Mike Groh yeah. is like, don't you dare do it no matter what. Let's <laughs> go to Jason out there in Warrington. Jason, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling Go Birds Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Wait, you said I tweeted out yesterday that the Eagles would have won if Sudfeld came in the game. Yes, I did. Is, why did you really? He, yeah. I didn't see that. Why wasn't he – what happened to him? Why wasn't he the number two? And if, why is he on the roster if he can't beat out a 40-year-old tournament quarterback? Wasn't good yeah. enough. So, so Should tell you a lot, The right? injury at the start of the season really <laughs> killed his chance. Yeah. Just, to be, just so with, with that tweet, too, part of the reason for that is because, A, McCown was hurt, but also, like, the Eagles' offense really started to click with rolling, McC- uh, rolling Wentz out. And I just think Sudfeld is better equipped to do that than McCown is. So why wasn't he the number two to begin with? Why would you go into our playoff they soured game? On we him. Went, they soured on him. They, I mean, he, he didn't have a great training camp uh-uh. to start. He and did not he have a great training injury. camp. And then he was injured. Yeah. I and, mean, I mean, they brought McCown in because they felt more comfortable with his experience. And then I'm also sure McCown said, like, you know, I'll come back, but I'm not going to be inactive on game day. So once you decided you needed McCown and there was the injury, I mean, that was basically it I for think. Sudfeld. Now, isn't there any better they could have had? Because we went from Nick Foles as a backup to, really, if he had a better backup, the Eagles would have won that game. Well, well I, Josh McCann also tore his hamstring yeah. off the bone. Like, he could have maybe won that game, And I think too, McCown actually played pretty well. It was yeah. more of a take I think of, you're not going to find that many better backups to put into one game in that situation well, than Josh McCann. Nick Foles, I mean. Well, not really. Yeah, I mean, really, they could have. Wait, was he going to pay him $25 million? I mean, yeah, I'm just saying they could have. He got $88 have. million. Dollars. How could they have worked out? They could have franchised him. I can't believe so you actually entertained that. I can't believe we're go. still talking about this. <laughs> so with Sudfeld, is he going to be back next year, or are they going to look for another backup? Well, he's a free agent. So we'll see. I mean, he has to want to come back. I mean, I think the Eagles would probably take him back if he doesn't get an interest elsewhere and he signs, like, some low-money guaranteed deal. But I think that Sudfeld's going to look for a place where he has a genuine chance to be the backup and to be the starter. I mean, I mean they're definitely going to bring somebody else in, right? Well, yeah, they only have outside. one quarterback under contract, so. Uh, you know, I mean, like a, a name that would actually compete for QB2, not like. I think they'll bring in a veteran-type guy where going into training camp, we will know who the backup is. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, uh, Jason, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, thanks. Uh, I, uh, real quick, who won the coaching search in the NFC East? Because. McCarthy uh, is probably the default, at least for me, but the decisions to bring like Mike Nolan to be your defensive coordinator, throw that whole thing off. Uh, I think it's a good thing that Kellen Moore stayed. I just don't know why everybody's happy about Mike McCarthy. I don't get it. Well, he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, Aaron outside Rogers of that, won a Super Bowl. I, I think Ron Rivera is the best hire of the three, personally, uh, because I think that Rivera. Especially, look, I don't think any of the three are that great hires. Like, I, there are a lot of guys that those three teams could have yeah. hired other than those three guys that would have scared me a whole lot more as an Eagles fan than any of those guys. But I, I, I've never been a Mike McCarthy guy. I think he's as, as puppety as puppet gets. I mean, I think that he, look, he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers. Well, he thing. helped develop Aaron Rodgers, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean, eh? eh. Wasn't he? Eh. Okay. Okay. All right. A little bit. A little bit. I, I, look, Mike McCarthy has always struck me as someone who is. Not very creative, not that original, not that aggressive, isn't into analytics, like all that kind of stuff. He's just not someone I would be interested in. Yeah. Ron Rivera, I think, is, is, and again, I'm not a huge Ron Rivera guy. I think he's fine. I think it's the right guy for the, for the situation. I so, think that Ron Rivera comes into Washington and stabilizes things the reason, and says, I am an adult. I am someone who— I'm going to take out the ping seriously, pong Seriously, no, whatever. I mean, that's all, that's all noise. <laughs> I, know, I think I Ron Rivera is someone who players like to play for, someone who players— are, endears himself to players. They care about him. I think he'll create a culture there that they have not had in a while. So I think you can make the argument Rivera was the best hire simply because of 
the job. Was, like what Washington needed is different than what Dallas needed. And I think they got exactly what they needed in Washington. He'll come in there. He'll turn things around. But the reason I like the McCarthy hire the best is because Dallas is already a pretty good team. I mean, they would they finish eight and eight, right? Mm-hmm. They, yep. they split the final two. So they finished eight and eight with the head coach. We would all agree is actively hurting their chances of winning the game. Like Jason Correct. Garrett is not a good head coach, except for some reason when he coaches the Eagles over the last few years. But like, so I think McCarthy coming in there, and this is projecting, and I could be wrong, but I kind of get like an Andy Reid 2.0 vibe to him. I think this year off, he's gonna. I think he did learn. I think he did adjust. I mean, you saw a lot of these stories, and I get that they can be PR puff pieces sometimes, Which but they all are. Of them are. They yeah, are. All okay. of them were. Yeah. But but regardless, I do. I mean, it's true that he met with coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, look, each I prefer week, that than someone just sitting around for a year. I I give I'd him I give him credit. I give him credit for that. Yes. yes. So I also think the the. The job in Dallas is not as heavy as the one in Washington. Like, if you told me the Cowboys won 11 games next year without seeing their schedule, it wouldn't surprise me because I do think McCarthy is a significant upgrade over Jason Garrett. Uh, significant is where I have an issue is all. Like, well, he won a Super Bowl. You think Jason Garrett's a terrible head coach, right? Uh, I think he's an okay head coach. Like, for what it's worth, I, I would say that personally. McCarthy's an above average one. I would say. Well, I, I, don't know, I would say. He won a lot of games. I think Mike play. McCarthy, like, would be in the running for me for worst head coach to win a Super Bowl is where I'm coming from. Yeah, me too. I'm going to have to look at the list. But, like, I just think you're devaluing what he accomplished in Green Bay, right? I mean, they. I'd have to go back and look. But towards the end, it didn't work out. But he won a lot of double-digit games early on. I mean, they went. Yeah, but to- if it was never, it was always something where it was always the, the narrative coming out of there was it was Rodgers, not McCarthy. Like, that was the narrative. That's what, it, that, you know. Well, we'll McC- find out. Right, I mean, exactly. I, I just will. think that if you're talking about a head coach, of all the guys that were available, and I, I like Matt Rule, and obviously people that know Matt Rule well speak extremely highly of him. But I think Dallas is the most win-now-ready team, and I think McCarthy is the most win-now-ready head coach. Barry Switzer, looking at the list yeah, quickly, maybe he's the only one. I mean, in Could Kubiak, I don't know. But oh, I, I think Kubiak's a good coach. I think coach. Kubiak's a fine coach. But I was with McCarthy. McCarthy. Was that with Denver? With Denver, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. McCarthy is one of the worst coaches to win a, a Super Bowl. 888-729-9494. I, uh... I just have a problem with McCarthy staff, not really McCarthy. We'll get into that more. We'll take your phone calls. And, hey, we'll make some picks, too, on uh, the playoff weekend of the divisional round. It's all coming up. It's Go Birds Radio. It's happening right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. So Mike McCarthy brings in his old pal, now, Mike Nolan, I think they've had a history, and is... Uh, Mike Nolan, a.k.a. the dude who wore a suit on the sidelines head coach. That guy money, sucks. Money move. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a big fan of that. So they downgraded defensive coordinator. That's how I feel. I mean, the, the, any time that Mike Nolan's been in a position of power, he's not had a good defense. And then he brings his PR buddy, John uh, Fassel, along with him, who's just been hanging out on... Special teams coach? Yeah. Well, you know? he's... he's Considered one of the better special teams coaches in the league, right? Right. Guy for the Rams. Just didn't have a job uh, for a year, I guess. Well, maybe he took a year off. Uh, and then Jim Tomsula. I mean, this is, mm. if this doesn't scream, oh, grit, power. Yeah, I mean, Jim Tomsula worries me. <laughs> All this is, I, I this is exactly what I wanted. Uh, the Eagles make the playoffs. Cowboys make bad decisions. That's a successful year for me. I mean, this is not this is not a good coaching staff all around. The only reason why I won't say Ron Rivera is because I don't know if he's better than Bruce Allen. We've never seen him like actually build. Oh yeah, I'm a program. not excited about the whole like. But, if he didn't have power, I'm with you, James. Yeah. But he's got all the power. But which here's is the also, thing. Here's the thing. You made yeah. a anyone's better than Bruce Allen. 
anyone to what we what we suspect anybody's better than Bruce Allen could step in as a general manager and do a better job than Bruce Allen. I think so too. I just don't know why Washington didn't go. Wow, we need a complete culture shift. Somebody that's been able to build a program and give them time to go and do it. Let's go call Matt Rule. Actually, never mind. Let's rush to go get Ron Rivera and well, let him take Matt control Rule of football. Maybe Matt Rule wasn't interested. You could have made him interested. Oh, you can David do. Tepper, hey, hey guess what? You can do anything you want. Exactly, exactly. And the fact that Joe Judge is being celebrated like, oh my God, he's changing football. Let me tell you a little secret: good press conferences usually don't lead to good results. Bad conferences usually lead to good results. That's how I feel. Uh, and he's going to be sign for what happened earlier. I, don't think, I, I would just say I don't think any sort of press conference has anything to do with results. On but the you field. think it's important? <laughs> it, no, it's I a silly it's a thing to look at. I think it's a different part of the job. I think it's a different part of the job. But yeah. in terms of whether I think that you could tell from a press conference whether a guy is going to be successful on the field, I don't. I think Joe Judge will be more successful than Mike McCarthy in the long run, but they end up getting fired. I also think Doug outlasts these three. Yeah, I would I would say there's a good chance Doug outlasts all three. But Maybe I, not Ron Rivera. I mean, Rivera could be there a while. Rivera will probably be there until he does not want to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about Doug. 888 What do you mean you don't know about Doug? Well, I just mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. Doug I there how long Doug going to be panic. here for five years? I mean, <laughs> I would bet I just on panic. it. I would bet on it, too, but I would bet. I mean, the I understand, I they're just in different saying. situations. Yeah, look, he's already been here four years, and these are brand-new coaches starting there. Right. You, know, you never know. Uh, let's go check in with a good friend, Todd, in South Philly. Todd, what's going on, buddy? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. Good work. Nice done. Um, but oh, second of all, Mike McCarthy's a bum. I don't know why everybody's riding him so hard. Dude, Thank dude's you. He's one of the biggest bums I've ever seen be a head coach. Like, um, I'd rather have Chip Kelly with power wow! back than hire Mike McCarthy. I would. I'd be excited. You finally, you finally oh, pass what I would say. But, Todd, but if, well done. If, I, if you could have given anyone to the Dallas Cowboys, I would have loved to have seen a scenario with Chip Kelly and oh, Dak that Prescott. Been amazing. Oh my God. That, that would have been. I mean, it would have been fun to watch, but it would have been terrifying. That honestly, I think that'd be a good combo for him. Like, so do that's I. Besides the point, though. Anyway, I'm yeah. here. To, I'm here to talk about Doug Peterson, and I think through his tenure so far in the last four years, he is the best at being a coach when all he's doing is focusing on football. I wasn't happy with the grow hire to begin with. We've seen he doesn't make he doesn't have great decision makings when it comes to staff. He do, he makes a lot of half measures. Like when you choose grow, that's fine. Then choose grow. Don't also do some half measure by making Deuce Staley assistant head coach or assistant whatever. He, well, like, my my guess is Doug him. had very little to do with that. Just my read on that is that was more of a Let's let let's let the organization show how much respect we have for Deuce Daly type of move. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I think it's very half measure. It's very empty. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Rowe to begin with, with his decision there. And the other thing is, like, I'm fine with Jeffrey Lurie making his decisions about coaches because the thing is, we always expect, like, Howie to, no matter what we have at a position, if you have the chance to upgrade, you upgrade. Can we expect to Doug to do that with the – the open your heart stuff that we've seen him have so far. Well, but Todd, like let me, we, Todd, the counter I would only say is that Doug does work with Micro every single day. Like he's in the meetings. Mm-hmm. Like we can have our opinions on Micro, obviously, and we have our opinions on a lot of things, even though we're not in that building every day. But I think that Doug has earned our trust in terms of I like you're right. Doug is at his best when he's only coaching, but his staff's a big part of that. So let's just live well, in a world. Go ahead, go ahead. Here's my question. So the best thing, or I'm going to use defensive coordinator for an example. Let's say Bill Belichick left the New England Patriots. Do you think 
that obviously he wouldn't take the position. But do you think Doug would reach out to him and be like, hey, do you want to come be my D coordinator? Because I don't I think mean, he would, would anybody reach out to Belichick? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I don't think. Yes, Doug I think Doug would be okay with. Yes, I think Doug would be okay with that. I don't think he's consistently looking for an upgrade at his offensive and, and, and Todd, and that's where I, that's where I keep coming from there too. I hundred percent agree with you. Do we have that he's not looking for an upgrade because he chose Mike Grow? But but but. <laughs> But, and, but and, and, and that see, but, was more or less like you're saying that, and from, he wanted to keep him. That's yeah, what I'm saying. But but you're saying that from your like your opinion is heavily and that statement is heavily influenced by your opinion of Mike Grow, right? Like you're saying he's all not of looking, ours. Well, but I'm I'm saying like Doug Doug knows Mike Grow better than we do. Doug's aware of the job Mike Grow did. Now maybe Doug did decide to move on from Mike Grow. Personally, to me, it does not seem like that's what happened. But if Doug wants Mike Grow, and Lurie's going to step in and say, you know what, like. I know better here. I think we should fire him. That I have a problem with that. Okay. Well, I mean, and I like just, checks and balances. I just think with the yeah. staff, it's different. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. You want to keep it uh, tuned and locked in for both Rob and Rob's. Uh, I'm taking Minnesota. I am uh, taking San Fran. I'm I am uh, going to take the Texans, and, or not the uh, no. I'm going to take oh. Tennessee in an upset. Wow. wow, my only upset. I'm and, taking uh, the I'm taking the Niners, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and Seattle. Ah, I like wow. those. Oh, Seattle keeps it. I like that too. All the favorites. Okay, it's my upset. Seattle. Yeah. Um, well, stay tuned for Robin Rob. As always, they'll lead you right up uh, to uh, football. Um, this is actually going to be our last show uh, in the studio. So I wanted to just let you guys know. Thank you so much. That we've had a lot of great memories in here. We're going to go create some more. Uh, over a 2400 market in a very, very, very nice studio. For the same it. station, to be clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not leaving anywhere. Yeah, just to know where they, we got a, the the remodeling's been done. The mics will be better. The boards are going to be better. James Seltzer can do push-ups and sit-ups in his, in his new producer booth. It's going to be amazing. So thank you so much for tuning in uh, every Saturday uh, right here on 94 WIP for James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, Anthony Foley, and, of course, uh, Motion Kravitz. I'm John Barchard saying uh, we'll see you next Saturday right here at Sports Radio 94 WIP.